0: to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy!
1: Today, I would like to learn about natural features and their spiritual meaning. Could you maybe explain the spiritual meaning of natural features like mountains and volcanoes?
0: Yeah, so despite the fact the guy is a very feminine spirit, right? And and she contributed her energies to planet Earth, as we call it, right? Um, So basically, she is the driving force behind planet Earth and and nature, the way you call it, and its evolution. Um, Like any organism, right? Like each of you. Uh, Gaia has different aspects of herself, right? That she brought forth into this incarnation as a planet. Yeah. So she has her masculine aspects. She has her feminine aspects. Um, and um, she has the aspects that are both, right? And and they are represented in the terrain. Now, each planet, as you all know, is, is quite different, right? The atmosphere of the planet is different, the terrain of the planet is really different. Um, you know whether the temperatures on each planet is different, and I'm not just talking about solar uh, system, but in general, you know, any galaxy that you take. So what I'm saying is that the spirit that um, lends its consciousness to a planet impacts the terrain, the look and feel of that planet quite significantly. So quite literally, they bring with them parts of who they are and that becomes a landscape so when you're asking me to talk about the spiritual aspects of the natural features that planet Gaia has yeah that is kind of like you're you're asking me to dive into that spirit that soul and her aspects and what does it mean now Gaia despite being a very feminine um and a gentle spirit in many ways has some very strong, powerful, creative masculine energies, right? Yeah. Um, So that is what you would see in um, all the mountain chains, right? And the volcanoes and even uh, the magma and the lava. So the liquid core, the liquid um, inner part of the planet as well. Um, All of those are the masculine aspects of, of Gaia. This is her fighter spirit, if you will. This is something that um, basically, this is just the embodiment of her masculinity, right? So it, it is when she can stand for herself, when she knows what she wants, and when she's, um, you know, ready to get it. Um, now, of course, another aspect of the masculinity of Gaia, which is all the mountain chains and, and, and the rocks and all types of rock formations and minerals. tends to be masculine energies although crystals you know it's it's a little bit different not uh it's a a little bit different we probably shouldn't get into crystals just yet because i don't want to confuse you as a general rule crystals and all types of rock formations are a form of masculine embodiment or embodiment of masculinity yeah um so that's that right so really quickly uh, about rock formation so that is the masculine aspect of Gaia for instance and everything that has to do with any type of fire energies that that you would see Mm -hmm. um, that would be
1: so there are many different uh, mountains uh, and is there any difference between them
0: it's not even that but there are there are definitely similarities between whatever mountain chain that you're you're looking at right there are similarities around the function. There are the similarities around how the energies move. And yet they're all incredibly unique.
2: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: Uh, but the thing is, so one of the ways to think about the mountains is is almost like um, the bone structure. Right. So uh, in the same way that the human body has the spinal cord and all of these bones, yeah, Gaia needs to have mountain chains, mountainous structures, because that is what creates the shape, so to say, of Mm -hmm. the overall planet, gives it form so that other things can be revolving around it, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, I really like this um, analogy. And now, yeah, it helps to understand.
0: If if you think about the human body, right, you have all these different bones technically speaking bones all have the same um structure and the same purpose right Mm -hmm. they they give you the um they give um you the mobility um they they give like (laughs) the crust of everything and 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 they're quite literally the inception of of the human body right things wouldn't be able to uh, take shape without the skeleton so to say Right. But it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, but every bone has its own function, right? So the bones in the skull are not the same as the bones in your toes. Those are very different, um, reasons for existing. They have different functions, right? The same, the same with different mountain chains. So if you think about the Himalayas, for instance, right, um, that is kind of like the crown chakra of the universe. So if you think about that as an analogy, that is where the head of Gaia would, would be, right? And by head, I don't necessarily mean the intellect, but that receptive point of Gaia, mm-hmm. right? So anytime, um, and, and by the way, uh, so it, it's it's quite interesting, right? Because it's, it's, it's dense information that's coming through right now, but basically planets communicate with one another, just like human beings do, right? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, planets also communicate with, beings that live on them and other beings that live on other planets. But it is actually really, really important for planets to have a system of uh, receptacles, so to say, or antennas so that they can easily communicate with other planets and be a part of the ecosystem. So um, mountains and mountain chains and even single mountains um, or rock formations are really also antennas as well. That is also a communication device uh, for planet Earth to communicate with the immediate uh, planets as well as the re- uh, the fa- further removed planets, right? So when I say that the Himalayas is is kind of like the crown chakra center, this is one of the main communication centers for planet Earth through the mountain because the mountain is really the um, the pyramid shape, which means that it is really a perfect nature-made antenna and communication device. And it is actually, the the Himalayas is an incredibly important point for all of uh, Gaia because that is how she receives the most, the purest form of energy, right? That there is from the universe. So she, uh, she would almost like absorb it through those antennas, kind of like the pores in your skin. And then she would... Um, process that energy and sometimes like processing even a little bit of energy if it's high vibration high frequency enough that might take her centuries upon centuries thousands of years to process just a little bit of energy right so mountain chains are both receptacles as well as communication devices so at any point in time she's going to be receiving things through them and sending things through them right yeah so you know at any point in time there is no uh, the planets that are surrounding Gaia are not left guessing what state she's in, what she's feeling, what she's up to, if anything is threatening her well-being, et cetera, et cetera, because she's communicating all of that um, at all points in time. Now, of course, not every communication center is created equal, right? Not every mountain chain is quite as celestially significant, so to say, as the Himalayas. But this is just like a quick example that i wanted to give you so like to bring it home a little bit
1: yeah it seems like it's one of um, the functions of mountains yeah is absolutely. there anything else that they do maybe for humans
0: oh <laughs> hold on because i was um um you're asking me to switch a little bit because th- uh-huh. the spiritual aspect of this b- being that it is the body of Gaia. Right. The answer to that question lies in me exploring the matrix of Gaia. Right. When you're asking me what are the, like, how can humans use this? That's like a whole other universe. Uh I can switch if you want.
1: Yeah, maybe we can do both, like look at the higher plane, right? And then look what it does for humans as well
0: right now generally speaking right as above so below that is generally speaking Mm -hmm. um now of course for a human to be able to connect and leverage something that is in the body of Gaia effectively that human a needs to have a lot of awareness right needs to be quite in tune with the body of of the planet needs to understand how the device works and needs to have enough energy to be able to tap into that right so it's all of these what ifs what if scenarios right but um let's go back to the original premise that any mountain is like a part of the skeleton of, of Gaia and so it provides structure uh, it provides stability right it provides gi- direction in some ways because your, uh, if you think about the bones and the skeleton right your bones actually um you can think about the bones in your arms like they move in, in only in certain directions and in other directions they wouldn't move right like it's it's like um th- there are like different hinges in there mm-hmm. certain movements if you move too far you know you, you get a fracture or like it would not move right so there is a very specific composition for the human skeleton in the same way that like the mountain chains provide a lot of structure and they can be used one way but not the other if that makes any sense
1: that makes sense. Yeah.
0: So um, humanity being um, a species that inhabits the surface um, of, of, of Gaia has an ability to tap into different aspects of Gaia because they are of the same world. And it's actually Gaia's intention that her uh, body is helpful to humanity. So, from the spiritual perspective, right, or the energetic perspective, uh, both actually, because with, for humans it's a little bit different, because the energy of um, in, in this particular, from this particular perspective, um, if we're trying to understand what is the point for humans to be around mountains, we can look at the spiritual and an energetic level. It's going to be one and the same. So, from the spiritual perspective, energetic perspective for humans mountains would uh provide answers around direction in life right so um if humans learned to read the signs of nature and really communicate with different natural um, landscapes they would be able to use the energy of the mountain to be able to find a lot of answers around the direction Right. Of of where they they, they would be heading or how they should use their energy. Right. Because again, like the bones provide the structure and they also provide a lot of direction. Do this, don't do that. This is how it's meant to be moving, so to say. Uh, Mountains are also um, outside of being communication devices. They are big accumulators of energy. It just happens so. Right. Well, of course, if you think about it, right. if a lot of energy passes in and out of the mountain, it means that the mountain is a receptacle for that energy. And um, mountains actually, the energy inside of the mountain moves in a spiral. It's either an upward spiral or a downward spiral depending on how the energy is moving. So mountains are incredibly, incredibly amazing resources for humans that experience, issues with the lack of energy or being tired or feeling empty or feeling burned out any of those Hmm. so if you don't know what your direction is in life if you're not sure what your quote-unquote calling is or what you're supposed to be doing if you feel lost as well as if you're not if you feel depleted if you feel like you're running you know out of steam a little bit being next to the mountain is one of the better remedies that you can have. That is a gross overgeneralization. Yeah. Right. Again, because not every mountain is created equal. While every mountain is a receptacle, while every mountain is a communication device, they're communicating with very different planets, they're transmitting very different energies, and they're receptacles for different energies.
1: Does it mean that some of them have positive, some of them have negative energy? Not...
0: I wouldn't say positive or negative, right? Because again, like it's a very limiting perspective right. to say that something is positive or negative. Rather, you should think of it from the chakra perspective, right? Yeah. Which is, um, you know, the, the reason I like chakras in this instance is because it is really just the rainbow of colors, right? And you need all of them, honestly, in in the physical, right? You would just... Um, But mountains are are quite a simple instrument. Generally, they would belong to a particular chakra and would transmit that type of energy.
1: Got it. So they belong, they have a specific color.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. And again, this is oversimplifying it, but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. -hmm. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, because I want to understand and learn about all these natural features and how to work with them. I think it's a great start. Because you already mentioned that Himalayas is the crown chakra. Uh, what are the other chakras? Uh, it's
0: not. There are many. It's not one.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 It's yeah. So there's
0: there's there multiple uh, different mountain chains that represent a particular energy. It's just the Himalayas is such an important point of um, communication that is so beyond the galaxy that it is one of the easiest ones to pinpoint Got in the matrix it. structure. Got it. But um there are actually at least three thousand different mountains that would just represent the root chakra. Oh wow. If that makes any sense.
1: That makes sense.
0: Because it doesn't really something doesn't need to be big to be able to like it doesn't need to be a humongous, like it doesn't need to be the Alps to transmit a particular type of energy. Right? Any even little hill is a mountainous structure. So if you're interested about a particular mountain chain, you can ask me about that chain. I can tell you what frequency it transmits. But it's absolutely not helpful for me to just randomly pick out different mountains.
1: Yeah, that's clear now. Got it. So they all possess... A certain color a frequency. A frequency Like each
0: mountain is a frequency yes yeah. this is the frequency that is it is meant to receive and that is the, the frequency that that is able to transmit mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that only one mountain chain could transmit this type of energy and nobody else because you would run out of colors very quickly
1: i thought that maybe um, for example mount Chasta i've heard that it's a root chakra i thought that this is the only mountain that is responsible for root chakra on this planet. It seems like you you said that there are three thousand mountains.
0: Yeah, no, it's actually a very limiting belief to believe, (laughs) no pun intended, that um, the chakras are so uh, particular, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, Planet Earth is a lot more sophisticated than that. Let me tell you.
1: Got it. Is there a difference between mountains and volcanoes?
0: yes and no um, ultimately volcanoes are also communication devices but meaning they have they they do the same thing that a mountain can do and then they have extra features also
1: what are the extra features?
0: it's actually very interesting because it's it's partially counterintuitive right but um, a volcano is a healing mechanism uh, because one of the way to heal is to eliminate right but basically it's it's when i say it's a healing mechanism right very often when a volcano erupts there's a lot of desolation there is a lot of destruction right now it is from the human perspective it's destruction from the human perspective Um, because when we're looking at this natural landscapes we have to consider the framework and the perspective of the planet right so generally It is, um, and it's not like a pore, but it's almost like um, uh, when you have um, a pimple (laughs) and it erupts. That means that there is inflammation inside. Yeah. And it needs to clear itself. And so it's actually a massive, massive healing and cleaning and clearing process when a volcano erupts. And that is generally in conjunction. It's um, when the tectonic plates move, right? Right. That means the earth is rearranging itself. It's kind of like the equivalent of you moving your, um, like the bones in your back when you're trying to stretch. So when uh, the tectonic plates move and they move all the time, right? That's the planet stretching itself. Now, as it's stretching and adjusting itself, right? Because to evolve, everything needs to move. That's one of the laws of life. Um, sometimes Gaia would see certain frictions within its body, certain things that are not right. And as it's moving its tectonic plates, very often as a part of that cleansing exercise, uh, an eruption is, is happening. And, um, you know, generally during the eruption, there's a lot of fire, there is a lot of smoke, all of that good stuff, right? But that actually refreshes and resets the system of Gaia or a particular aspect of her body so that new things can grow from there, so that the great renewal can come. So volcanoes have multiple different functions. Like I said, renewal, complete reset, right? Um, healing a particular trauma or healing a particular pain point within the planet, as well as creation. So volcanoes are incredibly connected to the masculine creative energy. Because as things erupt, things can be built and things can be created. And yeah, like not every volcano is created equal. Some of them are just going to be okay, like this immediate clearing. Uh Some of them are active quite often. And that means that it is um, for the active volcanoes. That's actually another way of thinking about it. It's almost like an acupuncture, acupressure point of the planet. So it's actually, it's not accidental that volcanoes, um, where where the volcanoes are located. It's generally um, fairly close to the ley lines. And ley lines are kind of like the blood vessels or the lymph vessels of the planet, uh, meridians, however you want to call them, doesn't really matter. Uh, But very often, volcanoes are going to be um, situated at the intersection because from that one point like the acupuncture acupressure point of the planet you know this one point when something happens with it has a potential of clearing the whole sector of the planet mm-hmm. through the system of these ley lines so it's like a point that if uh, if it erupts right and then when it erupts it's liquid um it gets almost like absorbed into the ley lines and gets redistributed into the blood vessels in the in the blood flow throughout the, the whole planet, potentially. So there are volcanoes that are very active. That means that certain acupressure point needs to be completely, not completely, but very often and very frequently activated because yeah. certain things need to just happen all the time. And then others, um, you know, only really erupt once in a blue moon. But it's also it also depends on the uh, where we are in the evolution of the planet because she might choose to activate certain things and then keep others dormant and then, you know, a million years go by and then the other one becomes dormant and they switch. So it all really depends on what planet Earth herself is going through at the moment, what is her personal evolution, what she's struggling and dealing with on an emotional level, on a mental level, on an, um, on an energetic level, on a physical level. Because she has the same bodies that, that a human would. She has a spiritual body, the emotional body, etheric body, all of them, right? And there's a lot of stuff that's going on within each of these layers for her right yeah
1: yeah yeah that's awesome all right let's talk about uh, different bodies of water Uh, like rivers and lakes and oceans and seas Uh, what is their spiritual meaning i guess Mm -hmm. from the higher perspective planetary Mm -hmm. and then for humanity
0: Obviously, the majority of of this planet um, is is water, right? There is more water than there is land. Um, And that is very representative of the fact that Gaia still skews very feminine, right? It's a very gentle planet. It's a very gentle soul. It's a very gentle being. It's a very nurturing being. It's a very serene type of being, right? So um, that is having a lot of water, bodies of water, different types of water. Um, is how her nurturing aspect comes through right all of it so all of water um, that is um, well multiple systems here it's not just one there is the elimination system right so water is this big 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 again cleansing uh, mechanism but it's emotional cleansing actually first and foremost with water right Um, As any female organism, (laughs) Gaia has a lot of emotions. Yeah. That's just what she is. And so, um, you know, she's uh, quite volatile emotionally and she's feeling a lot of things, right, Um, as any girl would. So she needs a lot of that emotional cleansing. So water definitely helps balance those energies out. Now, there are different types of water that are salty, um, and then there is um, like drinking water type. Yeah. (laughs) Different bodies of water. So, um, probably the main ones that it makes sense to talk through are rivers, lakes, and then the ocean.
1: It's a lot of water in the clouds, I guess, as well, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And um, well, I mean, there is this um, circle, a cycle, right, yeah. of um, of water being recycled. And that is the, the part, it's, it's the same part of uh, the great cleanse, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so before something can be renewed, it needs to go through that cycle of um, being evaporated, then being condensed into a cloud and then falling as rain again, mm-hmm. Right. that's actually a whole other separate aspect um maybe we can take one at a time yeah so with um waters let's first talk about like um the non-salt type type of water Mm -hmm. um the non-salty waters are actually a fairly unique concept um there is um if you look at just the grand scheme of creation there, um, that type of composition of water is quite unique. Um, And it is it represents vulnerability, actually, from from the standpoint of Gaia vulnerability Hmm. and also like a lot of nurturing motherly love. Right. So Gaia is quite nurturing that in in that sense. Uh, But it's two types of feminine energy. Uh, Lakes Um, is the feminine energy that is collecting power because the lake doesn't move anywhere. So it's either collecting power or represents a particular frequency in and of itself as um, like a well of something or a receptacle. But it is basically... um, So each lake represents a particular type of energy in the same way you could say, um, that mountains have the frequency or the color. So do the lakes.
2: Hmm.
0: And you can tap into the different lakes and you know, you know, if, if, if it's possible to drink that type of water and you can be nurtured by that particular frequency through that lake. So, um, from the, um, when I look at the spiritual, like energetic level, every lake certainly has a color. And um, that is a very stable frequency. It's actually really, really hard to mess with the lake's frequency. Hmm. So it stays quite the same over time. And it helps balance this feminine energies from Gaia. Yeah. Um, so, um, we, I mean, we can examine some, some of the lakes if you want, if, if that's going to be helpful.
1: Yeah, we could maybe look at a couple of... Um famous lakes like for example Lake Baikal and Lake Titicaca
0: yeah okay let's take a look so Lake Titicaca is the sacral Mm -hmm. so it's the orange chakra um it is um there's a lot about um you know the divine sexuality in there there is a lot about the actually familial energies, like the woman as a wife, right? Um, actually, in specifically in that lake, which might not be necessarily something that you would straight away think about the sacral, but that is how that energy manifests itself. So it's the different aspects of the woman within the familial, uh, like all the different familial archetypes of a woman. So the mother, the wife, the daughter, and the sister. Um, All of those nurturing female energies are in Lake Titicaca. Hmm. Um, So for any woman that needs to open up any of those aspects, it's a very nurturing lake to bathe in, even wash clothes in, obviously drink, right? Or even um, just be around, be in the vicinity, right? uh for any woman that needs to get in touch with her uh creativity um maybe not the higher creative aspects but the more traditional creative aspects things like weaving things like arts and crafts things like dancing things like singing painting all of those things like it's a very artistic type of lake right Mm -hmm. um so if you're missing any of that or if you need inspiration for any artist that requires inspiration or is looking for their muse, Lake Titicaca is actually going to be a very, very nurturing type of environment. Um, Lake Baikal is interesting. That is um, the third eye. So it's high high vibrational, high, high frequency energy. Um, It is very, uh, it's incredible for introspection. It's incredible for insights or connecting with your guides. Uh, It's actually really amazing for somebody to have a breakthrough, right? So if, um, like, Baikal is really amazing for solitude, right? So if you're ready for that solitude, for introspection, for meditation, potentially, right? If you need some, if you're ready for that alone time and, you know, if you're ready for that next step as far as your personal spiritual growth, Lake Bakel is actually an incredible energy to connect to, right? Mm. And again, you you connect with the lake in the same way, like you swim in it, you bathe in it, um, you drink from it, uh, or you make food with the water from it. Um, Or, you know, even... even just like putting your feet feet in there and, and just like taking it in. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like fully, fully, fully swim. Right. Um, so that's the energy of Lake Bakel. It's incredibly introspective. Um, could be potentially enlightening to some, but it's also a little bit of a hermit energy. Right. Yeah. Like Bakel, like that's not uh, a place where you would go with like large groups of people. This is something like that's a, a like a, a you place you plus the universe (laughs) it it, it's that kind of energy
2: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah so lakes again are incredible receptacles and transmitters of these um very potent very pure energies uh that belong to one of the chakras Mm -hmm. right yeah um and they can be incredibly um powerful if you just want to be charged with those types of energies if you're missing that if, if you need like a quick shot in the arm um a lake is a very concentrated energy stream actually um mm-hmm. some lakes um the deeper the lake the uh, the deeper the energy concentration right mm-hmm. so i like bakel is actually very very concentrated because it's, it's one of the deeper lakes now it doesn't mean that the shallow lakes don't work it's just the deeper the lake um the density of the yes. energy is different well yeah it's, it's just like it, it's able to accumulate more mm. right yeah. um so it's almost like the deeper the lake, the deeper the energy yeah right so that's quite quite fun um rivers are completely different uh rivers are not rivers are all, ab- all about the journey rivers are all about the path rivers are all about you know um evolution Rivers are all about movement, right? They say you cannot walk into the same river twice. It's because that is the epitome of change. That is the epitome of it's, it's never going to be the same. Everything is always forever moving, right? So it is a very beautiful feminine energy that is really the representation of the flow. When they're telling you be in the flow, the closest thing that you could find on this planet to try to learn what the flow is, would be the river. Because the river actually flows into one, like it, it has a particular direction, right? We know that the river always flows towards the sea or the ocean, right? But it's a very targeted movement, right? It is a very powerful movement. It is a very powerful energy. It keeps flowing no matter what, right? And no matter what, it would get you to your north star. It would get you to your destination and it's all about feminine energies of um evolving right not staying the same but at the same time when you trust the energy of the river it brings things to you and that is the absence of having to try hard and you know like it's the opposite of blood sweat and tears yeah right it's the surrender that that energy of surrender so it's actually very interesting for as far as humans are concerned right Um, it's very helpful if you feel like you're embarking on a big journey if you feel like you have a big dream or a big goal or just something that you know is like a big big project that's really really meaningful it's actually advisable to go down the river, you know for a couple of days, you know, in a boat or what have you, because that would be connecting you, right? Because it, technically you could use that as almost a meditative type of physical practice where it could be a metaphor for your journey, right? towards whatever your goal is. Yeah. But you would be going into in the actual river, right. From point A to point B. And as you're going in the river. You could set intentions. You could set timelines. You could. It's, it's basically like. Um, an accelerator of manifestation. Right. You just have to provide clarity to that river. Of like what is the end game. What is it that you're trying to achieve. And the energy of the river is going to. A show you the way. B remove all the obstacles. C make sure that. You're moving in the most seamless way possible
1: does it matter what kind of river you choose like the uh, quiet one or the mountain one
0: well it depends on what your goal is right because Mm. every river in the same way has a different type of frequency and has a different uh propensity for what it's best for right yeah if um you want to settle down get married and have five children i wouldn't recommend the craziest mountainous river somewhere up in norway yeah the fjords i wouldn't recommend that you know so you always want to almost feel into the soul of the river and make sure that whatever river you're choosing for your pilgrimage is vibrating roughly at the same frequency that your desire is right um the amazon for instance a very powerful river It's a river of a lot of achievement. It's potentially the river of getting rich. It's the river of um, making something big in the physical. That's the energy of the Amazon. It's wild and free. And, um, you know, it's, it's a river of powerful creation. Whereas the Nile actually is a very different type of river. That one is more meditative. That one is more introspective. That one is more actually magical. So if you would like to connect with um, your spiritual path, if you want to reconnect with the wisdom of your ancestors, if you want to reconnect with whatever special abilities you might have, such as clairvoyance, clairaudience, doesn't really matter, the Nile River is perfect for that type of pilgrimage hmm. because that is just the energy that that river has. It's incredibly ancient. It's incredibly magical, for the lack of a better term. Um, And it's very potent and in its uh, mm, esoteric type of properties. It's really like kind of like the magic water. Wow.
1: (laughs) So if, if one knows about the properties of different lakes and rivers and mountains, you can actually use it to your benefit.
0: Absolutely. And by the way, you know, the some of the folks of the old and, and, and some of the shamans, um, the different. Well, the local shamans would always know the energies of the, the, the landscapes around them. Yeah. Right. So that knowledge has been lost. All I'm saying is that, you know, it existed before. Humans used to know what what river, what lake should be used for what purpose.
1: Yeah, especially in their area. Right. Absolutely. Mm hmm that's so interesting okay um and uh let's maybe talk about big bodies of water like oceans and seas
0: so ocean represents the subconscious on this planet so that is also the the subconscious of gaia uh the large so and that's why the ocean is really really different for every human um and that's why it's it's such a unique concept, right? Because on the one hand, it belongs to Gaia. On the other hand, it represents the collective consciousness of humanity. And you really never know what you're gonna find. And by the way, every, every experience that you have with the water, with the ocean or the sea is really different, right? You don't really know what quote unquote mood the ocean is gonna be in today. Right, the ocean can be very in a very tumultuous time, right? Mm. Because the ocean really reflects the human collective consciousness. And you as an individual walking into it, you know, part of it, you know, your experience is gonna be based on your own quantum field and what you are attracting from the ocean of subconscious, right? But at the same time, whatever the tide is you're still just like one little speck of dust you know among 7 billion people so you're just like this one aspect of consciousness among 7 billion people right so you you don't change the ocean it changes you is hmm. what i'm trying to say yeah right so um yeah that represents the great subconscious the great subconscious of the planet uh and look how vast it is right
1: is there a difference between oceans? So there are not so many of them. So
0: Incredibly different, of course, like hmm. everything else. Different pockets within the subconscious. So um, the Pacific Ocean is a more ancient collective energy. And it's also uh, a collection of, of particular prior incarnations of Gaia herself. So the Pacific Ocean is actually a very, um, the energy of of that subconscious pocket is very placid. It's very wise. Um, It's ancient. It is uh, like the wisdom of the ancestors kind of combined, but also the wisdom of the natural elements combined. It has like that type of very calming and very almost eternal type of feel to it. That like it transcends time whereas the Atlantic Ocean is actually um, the subconscious energy of new creation and rebellious streak and change and di- dynamism and dynamics and not staying in the same um, in the same place There is no, uh, absolutely no um, coincidence that the continent of Atlantis drowned in the Atlantic Ocean because change, rapid change, was required based on what was happening on that continent. It had to go. Yeah. And so it was submerged into the subconscious. Now, humanity, still, every human on planet Earth today has the memories of. The whole Atlantean civilization in the subconscious but it is submerged into the atlantic ocean which is that energy of change that energy of hey like we can always start over but like atlantic ocean is a much younger energy it's um not necessarily a very stable energy from that perspective it's kind of like an 18 year old boy type of energy Mm -hmm. whereas you know it's it's like thirsty for discovery and adventure uh doesn't really know better yet kind of (laughs) that's the energy of the atlantic ocean but it's also incredibly overzealous and like incredibly energetic Uh, a little bit reckless super rebellious like as opposed to the the pacific ocean for instance energy is like a wise sage in in his 80s so to say with like a wide beard and like he's seen things
1: what about indian ocean
0: indian ocean is incredibly philosophical in nature that is the one that will tell you there is no good or bad or black or white and all of it Is just the sands of time. (laughs) 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 It's that kind of energy. It's incredibly um, philosophical. I don't know how else to put it. Um, It's very actually balanced. So if it was um, a zodiac sign, it would be a Libra. The scales. It's like neither too much here, not too much there. Not too much masculine, not too much feminine. Not too good, not too bad. But also quite, um, I would call it the Buddhist monk of the oceans. That is the energy that it exudes. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You know, not very physical, but not very metaphysical. It's kind of this in-between very interesting stage. That's like just the vibe of the Indian Ocean.
1: Does it mean that if you want to possess this kind of energy, yes, you would go to the Indian Ocean?
0: Absolutely. Yeah yeah if the buddhist monk is your thing yeah or if you're just like i mean philosophy is a beautiful concept right philosophizing is a very intellectual introspective type of um endeavor and adventure right it's quite unique and yes absolutely the indian ocean can help even just being in the energy sitting uh on the shore and gazing into it is going to give you that Hmm. a very philosophical approach to life as opposed to the Atlantic Ocean is going to be like, okay, what are we going to do today? Let's go, 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 go. -hmm. You know, more fun stuff. Let's do surfing. Let's do something else. Like, why are you just sitting? And then the Pacific Ocean is going to be, well, we've been there. We've done it. It's all beautiful anyway. So let's just be with eternity here and today and now and forever and i'm you and i'm everybody and everybody's me type of situation (laughs) (laughs) that's the pacific
1: and uh the atlantic one uh i'm sorry the arctic one
0: yeah okay so that one is the great mystery one so everything mysterious um that's that's that energy everything rooted in mystery, everything that is, um, you know, like the planet Pluto is kind of like in, in the same wavelength and the same vibe. So everything that is hidden or concealed, you will want to say occult, is that type of energy. Um, Like the hidden esoteric knowledge, the hidden civilization situation, the entrance into you know another dimension or another uh world another um i don't know inner earth what have you that is very much connected to the arctic ocean very mysterious it is also i mean quite small compared to the other oceans Mm -hmm. but not not less mighty and you really never know what comes out of it like that is like that place for the biggest potential greatest scientific discovery craziest eureka moments and insights are that energy hmm. so anything from potential crazy technological advancements to incredibly ancient truths that are borderline magic and mystery that's that energy
1: yeah it's very hard to get there
0: (laughs) yes no joke yeah very much by design right yes you know why by design because uh planet earth is not taking that on as a challenge just yet Mm. that she's not hand uh, she's not there yet it's coming it will be you know one day the day would come that it would be the ocean to contend with it would be the ocean to get to know it would be the primary ocean in the same way that atlantic and pacific are kind of the primary oceans today right potentially yeah but not yet and not for a while the mysteries are not ready to be unleashed yet someone's <laughs> dimension yeah yes
1: uh there is also the southern ocean or antarctic ocean yeah what can you tell about this
0: yeah that's the shadow Mm. Uh, every subconscious must have a shadow right these are all of the aspects that have been denied uh, that have been suppressed that have not been accepted by gaia or humanity for that matter so this is a dark pocket where stuff goes
1: why would one want to go there
0: why would one want to, to do parts work yeah to integrate to integrate your to shadow. integrate and get into light to fuse the cracks to shine the light on something that's been broken before not everybody's gonna want to go there
1: yeah and it's very hard to get there as well
0: oh by the way you know what the good news is mm. you don't have to physically go to be able to connect to the energy you can go in your head Mm. as long as you know what it represents right right and fine google an image if you need to yeah right if you need to see to believe but you can connect to any to the energy of any river any ocean any lake from the comfort of your couch you don't have to actually go
1: the most important thing to understand um its energy yes that's really cool I didn't know that um, so basically in a meditative state
0: yeah hmm. absolutely
1: okay uh, we're gonna talk about it a little bit later and uh, let, let's finish with um, seas
0: um, seas and oceans are not necessarily separate from one another because the seas make up an ocean it's part yeah. of the yeah ocean. it's part of the subconscious
1: got it so for example you don't have to go to Antarctic Ocean you can go to a sea that is part of this ocean <laughs> or like
0: I don't want to confuse you I mean yeah. uh, largely speaking right seas are pockets within you know the oceans right it's not separate right um, of course, each sea has its own personality too, and it could be a sub pocket within a pocket, right? So the Caribbean Sea actually is all about um, serenity and uh, this lighthearted happiness, right? That's a Caribbean Sea, um, and you know just a tad bit of adventure and fun, right? So it has its own frequency while being part of the you know bigger ocean
1: Hmm. I see what you mean right there are some seas that don't have direct connection I guess with the ocean yeah
0: but you can say that they're part of the they're part, world ocean. Anyway. Yeah. yeah it's it's the same it's still the subconscious energy the mm-hmm. salty water got it and even if you think about like the salty water right like it's it's like a limbo state because it holds you up even right it's kind of like the closest thing you can get to a vacuum right right which is really like you can get more perfect as an analogy for subconscious
1: let's maybe uh, talk about the next um, natural feature yeah deserts yeah what do they uh, represent
0: Deserts represent, it's a very fascinating energy. They represent challenges and hurdles on the path to mastery. So the the great overcoming and the, the impediment, right? So if there was like an embodiment of a roadblock it would kind of be a desert so it is very very much connected to the concept of timelessness and the concept of mastery mastery takes forever i don't know if you've noticed yeah (laughs) but to truly master something it really takes forever very often many 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 incarnations not just one Not just 10,000 hours, more than 10,000 hours, Yeah, not just 10,000 hours. True mastery. That is so, um, in some ways, right? Um, a desert is kind of like an ocean, only an ocean of sand, right? Um, and so there is that vastness concept in it as well, but deserts are all about overcoming and personal evolution deserts are quite challenging for for humans for instance right because they're dry they're not necessarily super pleasant it's very hard to survive there as a living organism right there are only so many animals that enjoy living in the desert and the reason that anybody would even succumb to alive in the desert is because they are on the path of true mastery so um deserts contain a very interesting energy of acceleration on the path of mastery through challenge and hurdles so it's kind of like going through trials and tribulations but you know that in the end it's going to be worth it so that is the energy of the desert
1: Hmm. so why would one want to go to the desert like to experience it before
0: you're looking for true mastery oh because the thing is um all of you are on a path of a personal evolution all of you are trying to master something and for a lot of you it's going to take a lot of incarnations interestingly enough a desert is something that can accelerate that
2: Mm mm-hmm
0: again it'll it'll put you through trials it'll not be easy but it'll get you to that i'll give you a quick example right the sahara desert is one of the most challenging deserts on this planet and incredibly dry but and, and say there's something that you like really 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 want um and you know that together you're go- it's going to require mastery like a mastery level and this is something that is it's your soul's desire right? This is your mission, your calling, what have you. If you're meditating on an energy of a desert, what you're calling into your existence is a crash course into getting what you want. Literally, quite literally, you can meditate on the energy of the Sahara Desert and be like, okay, you know what? I am committed to mastery of communications. It's a good one, right? A lot, of, uh, a lot of people are challenged in communications these days. Please, uh, the energy of the Sahara Desert, and I'm almost like giving you a meditation, right? Yeah. Can you please assist me in mastering the art of communication, right? And if the desert agrees, if it, she believes that you're worthy because Sahara Desert is a she, um, and you know, um, remind me because I, w- I want to talk about Gaia and like why Gaia needs deserts also, because that's it's kind of fascinating. But we're back onto the meditation here. If uh, Sahara Desert degrees to assist you on this path to mastery, what's going to happen in your real life? She's going to put you through trials and tribulations, and she's going to put people, circumstances and events in your path so that you can practice communication and master communication in one lifetime. But it's going to freaking take everything you have. It's not going to be a walk in the park because the desert is never a work in the park
1: so be uh, careful what you wish for
0: yes but some people choose that some people you know the the choice is like do you want to learn communications for 25 lifetimes or do you want to try to do it in one if so you can try to mess with the sahara desert and ask for its permission and ask for its assistance uh basically um, the desert is, it's, it's like the equivalent of death, right? The energy of death, kind of like on the planet. It's like not much lives there. Compared to the rest of Gaia, deserts are, you know, comparatively speaking, they're quite barren. Yeah. Right? Um, but at the same time, through death comes renewal, because death, death is just a change of frequency. So it's like the rite of passage, right? So anybody who passes through the desert is worthy. But you're going through trials and tribulations in between. You're going through madness yeah. sometimes, right? So that is, it's kind of like a pocket of nothingness and death and you know that again that renewal so more things can come into its place but it's just a different level of energy it's not renewal through eruption it's renewal f- through the zeroing out of everything and silence complete silence
1: that's beautiful
0: <laughs> it is
1: <laughs> yeah
0: but also you know desert all you know uh, if we look at desert it's a feminine aspect uh-huh um, and it's a feminine aspect of a very weak heart center, actually. Or rather, not, I, I, I think saying very weak, it would be a disservice, but a completely closed down heart center. That's the feminine aspect of the desert. It's a really, really tough woman that has no compassion, that potentially has no love, but who's a great teacher. She's like this really stern nun. It's really going to get you to do what you need to do. Why does it exist on planet Gaia? Because that is one aspect of her femininity, right? In some aspects, her feminine is very nice and cuddly and nurturing. And another aspect, her feminine is a bitch. And that's the desert.
1: Hmm. It's
0: kind of like this heartless woman, but you know what? She gets shit done. So if you want to be a true master, you go through her. Hmm. She's going to be like the angry stepmom.
1: Fascinating. Okay, so let's uh, move to the next one. And I guess the last one for this session um, is forests.
0: Well, welcome to the lungs. (laughs) No big surprise here, right? Yes. Yeah, so it is the lungs of the planet. Um, That is her life force where her life force is, right? The prana, the breath, the connection to um to that life force, right? The yeah. connection to first, like her own even heartbeat, right? So how does Gaia know that she's alive? By watching her own heartbeat. So Gaia always pays attention to her forests. That's something that's incredibly important for her. Um, by how healthy our forests are, you can tell immediately how healthy the whole planet is, right? Because that is her life force energy. If something is burning, especially excessively burning, if the forests are burning, that is telling you that there is some type of imbalance that planet Gaia is working on.
1: And uh, what does it mean for people?
0: So it's the life giving breath, right?
1: like, why would people work with this energy?
0: So if you feel constricted in mm-hmm. any aspect of your life, whether mentally constricted, emotionally constricted, physically constricted, you would go to the forest energy, if you feel stuck, right? Again, like <gasps> cannot breathe type of oh, stuck. Yeah, right? you would. That's where you go to to release the pressure of the world that's where you go to release the overload of information that's going on because right now in this technocratic world you're being stuffed like a, a, a thanksgiving turkey with all the information that you can and cannot process and overwhelmed by and everything else on top of that there is all these things firing out in your vicinity like you have to be rich you have to be skinny you have to be strong like you have to be do this and that and the other thing right all of these false ideals right they are they represent clutter is all it is Hmm. right so each of you most of you should I say are running so fast in the little crazy just like hamster wheel that you don't have time to say, okay, you know what? Time out. What am I? Why am I here? Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Am I even happy? Should I be doing what I'm doing? Or should I be doing something else? Like you don't stop to ask those types of questions for the most part. Because it is, you're just going with, um, you know, like you're a creature of habit. And then you're being bombarded and... Um, brainwashed for the lack of a better word into becoming something that you're not and pursuing the false ideal throughout your life so although when you're once you're in that state you you actually don't necessarily perceive that anything is wrong it's just like years go by and you're no no happier and not more fulfilled and then eventually it could be like anxiety it could be depression it could be any type of disease actually right so forests are incredibly amazing if you're sick if you're feeling like your life force is not optimized in your body like you don't have enough you're not satisfied you're not happy you feel like you're feeling like you're an imposter or you ended up with the wrong person or you hate your life and you hate your kids and you hate your job that's all like go to the forest because you need a detox. Forest is a detox, major detox for information overload, right? For your mental body. Forest is an incredible detox for your mental body. Forest is also an incredible detox for your emotional body, meaning if you experience loss of a loved one, it's amazing. If you broke up with someone and you experience the loss of that relationship, right? Any of that. Forest is an incredible detox for all different aspects of your life force, including it is quite a natural healer, because the energy of the plants is a very natural healing energy for even your physical ailments. Mm-hmm. So that's why you would connect with the energy of the forest and specifically the trees, that's cool. and generally that is how the energy of the forest is determined is by the kinds of trees that grow within that forest. It's not so much like, um, you know, lakes they are just like by color. Um, the forests are very different because the energy of the forest is being contributed by the trees that grow there. So like a redwood um, tree forest, so to say, is going to feel incredibly different compared to a cedar wood tree or a sandalwood grove. Yeah, right. And so for you to understand what kind of energy that particular um, forest has, you would need to try to understand the energy of the trees that grow there and what makes them different. What makes them tick? What are they used for? No. Things like that. Does
1: it mean that different trees also have different kind of colors, energies, like You could
0: say that, but it it goes above and beyond colors. They actually have... uh, therapeutic benefits
2: Mm, right
0: so plants are natural healers right that is their mission on this planet this is something they signed up for this is their gift to humanity so it's not that they carry a particular color slash frequency they carry a very unique specific therapeutic benefit
2: Hmm.
0: now it could be therapeutic for your body or for your soul but it's therapeutic either way. The one thing I will tell you about trees, though, they're Mm. a lot more impactful if you're next to a real tree. Mm. Because a tree does not have as much energy as the mountain or the river. Because those types of natural phenomena just contain more energy. They're like a bigger spark. A river or an ocean is a much bigger spark. It contains more energy. So it's Easily accessible from the comfort of your couch. Now, is the energy of sandalwood tree like uh, accessible from your couch? Yes, but is it so much more potent if you actually put your hands on that tree? Yes. So with trees specifically and with forests, I actually recommend being in there, as opposed to meditating <laughs> on your couch <laughs> on pretending you're in, a, in, in next to, to the trees. Got it. That is the one exception I think to that rule.
1: Yeah okay that's cool yeah and uh does one have a personal attachment to a specific natural feature like in case with totem and spirit animals for example
0: it's not so much an attachment Mm -hmm. but you definitely would resonate with certain frequencies better than you would with others absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely not only you but your ancestor line as well Each ancestor line uh, connects with a particular natural feature better than others. And um, it has a guardian very often, sometimes more than one, right? So a guardian type of like landscape, natural landscape. And of course, every soul also um, has um, their own guardian type of natural feature, right? Women tend to have a river particular river men tend to have a particular mountain mount or mountain chain that they um, are incredibly connected to as part of their incarnation um, as part of their predominant energy right so men would connect with one masculine type aspect of Gaia and women would kind of like anchor into one feminine aspect of Gaia that is the most representative of who they are and who came here. they came here to be.
1: So it's basically a, a new river or a new body of water or a new mountain for each incarnation. Or it's yes. the one that you always choose.
0: No, 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 no. For each incarnation, because if you think about your higher self, right? Your higher self maybe has a billion different aspects. And in this particular incarnation, it chooses to project forth this one, right? And this one aspect would vibrate at a particular frequency, right? So you might have incarnated on planet Earth 10 times. And each 10 times, you know, each of the times, it, w- it could have been a very different river. It could have been... Listen, you could have been a woman five times and a man five times. So like five times it would be uh, a mount and another five times it it would be the river.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So, yes, it's different every time. Now, one thing that's interesting, though, is that souls tend to be quite consistent, right? So very often, if they're dead set on learning a particular aspect of, of reality, they don't get enough learnings in the one life. So very often they would keep reincarnating on the same planet, roughly having the same guardian like natural feature because they're still like learning the same aspect from a a bunch of different angles. So it is actually more probable, although theoretically it could be a very different aspect every time. What happens in practice is it's quite consistent.
1: Got it. Until you master it, then move to the next one.
0: Until you master it or until you feel like, okay, like enough's enough. Maybe I haven't mastered it, but like I'm ready to do something else now really quickly. And then I can come back here if I want to. Mm. It's kind of up to your higher self. Got it. What they want to do. Yeah.
1: Awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all this amazing information with us today. It's very fascinating and uh, I'm glad that we learned about all these features and their spiritual meanings. On that, I'm going to end our session. I'm very grateful for the information you provided us today. I'm asking the higher self to reside to where it belongs with much love and much thanks for the help and information it has been giving Maria today. I know that our listeners are really going to appreciate it. Now, I want all the consciousness and personality of Maria to once again return and fully integrate back into the body completely.